0: This is Liz. This is Devin. Oh, Devin. Oh. This story. These stories, I should say. You said
1: they were connected.
0: It's kind of like a couple of topics just sort of ended up crossing my path in close succession. And I said, okay, that that's enough of a sign for me. I'll I'll roll with that uh-huh. before I forget about these or lose interest. <laughs> <laughs> huh, sure and then i went to open the closet behind which i thought some information was and the whole thing fell on me there is oh. so much that goes on here Wait. so i tr- tried to be organized okay there was not a literal closet that fell on you no gotcha in no the, in it's my a metaphor information closet I of see. like i thought i was pulling on yeah a ufo report yeah and a one ghost and yeah. i found like a murderer and more ufo's and yo what oh uh, let's just get into it yeah uh fucking <gasps> x-files convention is this oh man let's light this candle do it so fairchild air force base
1: <gasps> yes
0: it's on you've been there yes i've been there we've, many we've been times there yes were you also involved in the weird high school air force recruiting thing or was that just me
1: that was just you my friend i don't know how you got i think well you took the the mcat or the asvab or whatever that no yeah you did you took one no i didn't fancy military tests and they were like you're super fucking smart come join the air force as an officer. I, did not. I don't I know. Did not. I don't know where I pulled that <laughs> from then. Anyway, no, I did not. I knew I would never be
0: military able. But you kind of were you still ended up at Fairchild though. Oh, I think I, it's just like a yeah, good field trip.
1: It's a good fi- no, and I've been to Fairchild because my husband's uh mother is is former military. So like we Oh I you know, that, yeah. we went out to the PX or whatever it's called all the time Mm -hmm. because she got great discounts. And it was always really funny because she would roll up to the gatehouse in her, you know, nice uh, conservative older lady haircut and her sweatshirt with a kitten on it. And (laughs) they would assume, you know, of course, that she was like married to some retired guy. And when they saw her credentials and saw that she was a retired lieutenant colonel and outranked their sorry ass, Like (laughs) these sloppy little privates had to snap to attention and salute her first, and she always let them hang there for just a second before she saluted (laughs) them back and relieved them, and that was always like power move, Judy.
0: Yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah, way to be. You swing that dick.
0: (laughs) So Fairchild is north of Spokane, Mm -hmm. not super far. It is one of. The biggest parts of Spokane's economy. Yeah. It is the largest single employer in Eastern Washington. Is it? Yeah. There are over 5,000 active duty Air Force, Air National Guard, and support staff at Fairchild. Wow. It's very big. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it's had different jobs in its life Okay, an Air Force base. So right now, it has two wings, one of which is active, and a National Guard wing, and they are into air refueling. Oh, so yeah. the very intriguing, seems like it should be made up thing, where technically, you can leave a plane in the air for quite a long time, Wait. because they have these planes that will bring gas to it, and no. then they put out the boom arm, like a little hummingbird nose yeah, or something. yeah. And refuel the plane while both planes are flying. Uh, no, I don't like it. It's too scary. So the way you organize the little boom is you're in this little like fishbowl at the back of the plane. Okay. So that you're looking down at the actual thing you're doing, and you're lying on your tummy, <gasps> and it's soft. <laughs> you're steering, so you're kind of oh, like wait. It's kind of like
1: you're fishing. <laughs> this is a job I can do laying down. Is what you're telling. It's true. Me. It's Great. True. But I feel
0: like it would Sign get me
1: uncomfortable.
0: Up. Uh, so their major mission right now is their refueling wings.
1: Okay, isn't Fairchild? Haven't they had nuclear capabilities? Like, didn't didn't we store yes. nuclear shit at them
0: for a while? And we definitely did. Yeah. Some people think we still do. Yeah. Because one of the things about nuclear materials is that you don't. So much notify everybody when you're moving them because that could backfire and not work out well. During the Cold War, Fairchild Air Force Base was very important because the globe is round, Mm -hmm. as we have discussed, and that means mm, I'm pretty sure. All right, I dropped it one time and it rolled real good. (laughs) Uh, So Atlas. So what they have found is, oh, anyway, because the world of how it is, it means that we're actually pretty close to a lot of Russia. Yeah. You know, we can't see it from our house <laughs> or anything. But <laughs> if the Soviet Union or China decided to bomb the U.S., mm-hmm. uh Fairchild was actually the closest place yeah. that could retaliate. Yeah. On this side of things. Yeah. And therefore, and therefore pretty much period. Yeah. So they've actually found maps, detailed maps of Spokane from the Cold War in Russian with Cyrillic lettering. Whoa. Uh, (laughs) High value target. Yeah. Like they, they, it was on their radar, so to speak. So to speak. (laughs) Yeah. It was... At the time, so it was established in 1942 as part of the World War II effort. Yeah. You know, it was not major there, but it was full of bombers. Okay. And bombs. So they started with B-36 peacemakers. Okay. They then got B-52 Strato Fortress Nuclear Bombers.
1: I did not th- hear that single of theirs. Amazing. Oh I know. <laughs> I thought I knew all of B-52's hits.
0: Right? So Strato Fortress, and then uh they added Strato Tankers <laughs> to fuel the Strato Fortresses. <laughs> so these things were for for modern eyes and commercial travel, not terrifyingly huge, but very big for the time. Uh, So they actually, the B-52s were often known as Buffs, standing for Big Ugly Fat Fucker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want my nickname to be, please. (laughs) No!
0: Well, okay, Big Umbilical... No,
1: I can't come up with another U-word. Wow, that was
0: was a hell of a pull. They had the B-52s, the Buffs, and they also had nine atlas intercontinental ballistic missile silos mm. and their job if there was an issue yeah starting in 1961 was to target nuclear missiles at either the soviet union china or both yeah so of course that's why you know they were interested in us in return yeah now as stuff simmered down a bit you know, changes were made accordingly. So the ICBMs, inter- I already forgot, intercontinental, is that? Yeah, intercontinental yeah. ballistic missiles. ICBMs were moved in 65 to Wyoming. Okay. And it officially in 1991, when the Cold War was over, it stopped being the Strategic Air Command, and they started phasing out having it be basically a place whose job was to get nukes uh, where they <laughs> wanted them in a hurry, yeah. yeah, with a quickness, yeah, with a quickness, yes. And they shifted to the fueling thing. You know, they had the strato tankers already. It was a component. The bombs were around at least through ninety one. Right or yeah. through, yeah. So in 1980s, one fell off the thing they were using to lift it. Oh God! Onto the runway, but it didn't explode. Fortunately, oh. obviously, as Chet Kasky puts it, it obviously, unfortunately, oh. did not explode. God. Yeah.
1: Hasn't that? I mean, wasn't that similar? And it was in South Carolina or something. They accidentally We've dropped so fucking many of We've those dr- I don't think they're going to work if we ever want them to. Because apparently you can throw them around like so much ragdoll and they just go, Ah, eh, it's fine.
0: Like I'm concerned they're going to end up like my computer, where like everything's fine till it, it isn't. Till it, it's
1: really not okay.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, those not working would really work for me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no, we actually had, in addition to, you know, entire ICBMs that we might drop, which, can you, I just... No. I've fucked up things at work before, but how you don't immediately just like quit oh i at yeah. minimum yeah yeah that's why I, I, I like it you throw your whole body under that thing just to be like nope just take me you with go you. i go i, I don't want to yep. i don't want the follow-up conversation about nope. this one no
1: nope. that is too mm-hmm. much pressure for me thank you very much
0: yeah. So there's there were actually several defensive missile sites around outside of Fairchild, but kind of part of its air defense. They had Nike Hercules air, sorry, surface to air missiles. I'm not a military person. I never really did that Air Force thing. So I'm not going to do the terminology correctly. <laughs> That's
1: fair. I like I like Nike Hercules, though. Where we're just like Hercules, we'll just two. It's it's fast and it's big. We'll throw a kind of a god messenger and kind of a god son together. Yeah,
0: you know, make one sense rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? So there were various ones that were deactivated, and so hmm, I'm trying to decide which arm of this to go down first. I'm going to go continue with our nuclear thing. Okay. Oh, which that. arm? The nuclear arm. Ooh, the nuclear arms. You can't hug with
1: nuclear arms. <laughs> you can't pick up your children with nuclear arms, Liz.
0: After they moved the ICBMs, right, they had these leftover missile silos. Yes. Which are quite popular among certain communities. I see. Preppers love them. Yeah one of them got sold actually to the CDC whereas i understand it they do like acoustics testing okay it's part of like OSHA they're trying to do research on loudness and, and safety and noise which is interesting but of course people are like no you don't buy a nuclear silo to do that they're up oh. to some shady shit
1: yeah the CDC making the t yeah. virus you want a raccoon city up this place.
0: Yep, that's what they're up to. And they decided to do it in a nuclear missile silo yeah. when instead of Atlanta. Yeah. So the silos are good for various things. Like you can use them for storage. They can be a big garage. Site 6 actually became a home Okay, for a guy who was a long-haul truck driver. And he bought the silo. He made it into his kind of... I feel like Bunker's kind of judgmental. Yeah, But it was his home. Let's put it like that. And it was a home that he was hoping would be more durable than many of the homes we live in, is my understanding. I see.
1: Well, you know, he's a long haul truck driver. He's not home yeah. to do, you know, daily security on the house. I could get wanting mm-hmm. a place that's maybe hard to get into and looks yeah. like something you wouldn't want to fuck
0: with. That's totally fair, dude. A place that's in it for the long haul.
1: Oh, God. Get <laughs> out.
0: Are you channeling me? Yes. He had this silo that was his home. And a man named Roger Erdman showed up. Okay. He was from the Washington Department of Licensing. He was an auditor. Mm-hmm and he visited this guy whose name was Ralph Benson because he's like i need to see if you're delinquent on your fuel taxes cuz evidently this is a trucking thing i don't know okay erdman's dismembered body was <gasps> found <laughs> not long later about 40 miles east of the silo oh, oh. i know we make jokes about like you know was supposed to shoot anybody from the revenue, but like some people actually <laughs> yeah. do have this approach to life. I nicked a census man, yeah, that's a good boy. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so yeah, this long haul truck driver Ralph murdered this guy, he shot him and then chopped him up, which is horrific. I'm gonna have to oh put all the God. content warnings on this one for sure. And because they knew where he was supposed to be, and kind of the last place he was before they lost track of him. The police come and check the silo. Yeah. They find hundreds of pieces of evidence, including blood. N- and he goes to prison. Yeah. And dies in prison in 2004. Now, a thread I did not pull on for this is, it is thought that this was not the only murder Benson committed. <laughs> okay. And I don't know a lot more about that. Yeah. But Chet Kasky refers to him as a potential serial killer. The Spokesman article says he was suspected of similar crimes from Texas to Nevada. So I may dig into that at some point. I will say that's... I... I mean I won't say it's unheard of for somebody to go from no murder to dismembering a body like it's happened but usually there's some pretty heavy drugs involved. Yeah, um, right? That's pretty striking, right? Damn. Benson goes to prison. His sons inherit the silo. The silo house. Delightful. Yeah. Thanks for the murder silo pop. <laughs> and so glad
1: we got your bunker.
0: Yay! I like all the evidence that's still here. When he dies, The boys have it, or maybe they got it sooner, I'm not completely sure. But they sell it in 2006 to a man named Peter Davenport, who uses it to set up the National UFO Reporting Center.
1: Oh, wow. Peter Davenport bought a haunted murder silo that used to contain nukes so that he
0: could look for UFOs. Yup, yeah. Basically, <laughs> it was. It's like a. It's like oh a tres Leche's cake of bad yes. juju of bad energy. Yes. And like first, it's nukes, and then it's a serial killer, and then UFOs. But he seems to be doing okay. Okay. Davenport and his National UFO Reporting Center have been doing this for like 25 years, and when he obtained Site Six in 2006, he used it to add all his records there oh cool and he admitted he was like okay you know it took a while for people to warm to me because i'm a ufo investigator from seattle who bought an abandoned missile site Uh uh-huh but a lot of this it says his colorful careers include being a russian translator in the soviet union wow mm, a commercial fisherman a college professor and president of a seattle-based biotech company so, I, it says he frequently gets requests for tours. I just kind of want to take this guy out for a beer. Yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like he's done some yeah. interesting things in his life. Yeah, he's... But yeah, I, I bet people didn't know that the National UFO Reporting Center was just north of Spokane, but it is. I didn't... in In an abandoned murder missile silo.
1: An abandoned murder missile silo. With an organization headed by a man who sounds not only very smart, but also super down to earth. Like... He he fishes and is like, yeah, I get why it would take you a while to warm up to me.
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of weird and I did a weird I'm kinda, thing. Yeah, exactly. Peter, I'll buy the
1: first round. Let's get a yeah, drink.
0: I'm intrigued. So that was one pathway. Okay. The sort of leapfrogging connections there. Let's go back a little ways because, and I will say... I'm going to talk about paranormal stuff and there's tragedies that precede this. Yeah. So I'm going to be brief on the mass shooting. I'm going to go a little bit more into the B52 crash. Okay. That's people's warning. That is a So.
1: Warning and now oh, I know yeah. I know where both of
0: these start. Exactly. So in 1994, a airman Committed a mass shooting in the Fairchild Air Force Base hospital. Mm -hmm. That's as much as I'm going to say about that. It's not particularly relevant or interesting, except that it did contribute to a national ban on assault weapons. Which was the one that expired in 2004. Yeah. Uh, So, four days later, they are preparing for an air show because the decision has been made to try to get people back to normal okay right we're going to try to do our thing we're going to try to continue uh we're going to yeah just go about our business as usual and we're going to have an air show and it's going to be good for everybody's morale yeah
1: live spirits and yeah
0: And they had, you know, Tom Foley was in the area already to deal with the, you know, because he was uh, the Speaker of the House at the time was from Spokane. So, like, they had big wigs in the area. They wanted this to be a thing. Okay. I, for my entire driving career, have had a Tom Foley brass tag as my keychain. And I do not know where I got it. Where? Yeah. It's just, like, a little, like, congressional stamp with his signature And I think I just grabbed it off the keyring. maybe, when I was 15. Yeah. I have no idea. But I always, I feel a weird connection to him just because, like, I touch something with his name every day of my life. That's hilarious. That feels like a a spell of some kind. It
1: does. Yeah. That's your prayer wheel. Yeah. Tom Foley. Tom Foley. It's definitely like Almsa, but, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I also work in a building that he dedicated. So, like, he just follows me around. He does. Yeah. Yes. So B-52s, the buffs, right? Mm -hmm. The big plane. They are preparing to do an air show. There are four people in this B-52. One of them... Is on what's called their Finney flight. So, like the official last flight, you come out. They there's champagne. It's a big deal. Okay. There's four people with this B fifty two. One of them on the Finney flight. The pilot is thirty days away from retirement. Oh, and they're standing there, the families watching this and other airmen as the B fifty two dives toward the airstrip to pick up speed. Yeah. Banks into an almost 90 degree turn. And this video is available online. It's not graphic, but it's, I I watched it a couple times because it's interesting to see a plane. When I say 90 degree turn, I don't mean like horizontally. I mean, the wings went from side to side to up and down. Oh, so he was basically oh, the, the right wing tip was was like close to the ground, yeah. and the left was up in the air. And this is a B fifty two. This is not a Spitfire. Yeah, here. like this is not a little maneuverable plane. <sighs> mm-hmm. So one of the reasons why you don't do that with a B fifty two is you lose your airlift, okay, and you stall out.
1: Okay. And
0: oh, gosh. in the stall, they lose control of the plane, it clips a power line, and everybody dies. Yeah. Uh, it fortunately misses a nuclear weapons storage area Jesus. and the survival school campus, because you know that's where they do like the SEER training and yeah. stuff. This is brutal. Yeah. Right? Everyone dies, all four die. And this is four goddamn days after a mass shooting. Yeah. So everyone is just shocked. Everyone is messed up by this. Oh, you'd be gutted. You just couldn't feel anymore after that. And I would be waiting for the third thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm superstitious like that. Yep, they do
1: come in threes. Really.
0: So in another life. I'm interested in leadership and management and all this kind of stuff. And there's something that was copyright 1995 mm-hmm. by a major Tony Kern from the air force. And it's called and give him a break with this because 50 shades of gray wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. It's called darker shades of blue, a case study of failed leadership.
1: Okay. And
0: it's available online. I'm not going to quote from it because he specifically says like, I don't want individual chunks of this to get taken out of context. Oh, okay. He does, he basically goes through the events leading up to the crash as, like he said, a case study and failed leadership. Okay. Because Lieutenant Colonel Bud Holland, who was at the controls, was one of the most reckless pilots that most people will ever hear about. And I don't necessarily like to speak ill of the dead especially when it's somebody who died so recently and so tragically yeah but there are easily six incidents that are in this report where he breaks the rules flagrantly yeah does something incredibly risky and is either not disciplined at all or just given this little slap on a wrist yeah so people are basically going I really, really need him to retire before he kills somebody. Like, he Mm -hmm. is so dangerous. And so, uh, the thing that breaks my heart, so the guy who was on one of his last flights and his family was there, he was there because he didn't want anybody from his team to fly with this guy. Because oh, he knew he was so reckless. God. That he's like, you are not going up without me. Because they had had Ugh. an earlier incident where this guy was pulling some bullshit. And like, literally, the co pilot had to fake an illness to get him to pull up. No he's way. like, oh, can you like level out? I'm getting, I don't feel good. I'm, I'm gonna yarts or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, God, that's fucked up. Yeah. So this is sort of the worst of, I won't even say Air Force culture, because there's there's a lot of places that have this culture Mm -hmm. where, and it's the worst of human nature, where if somebody keeps getting away with stuff, you start to think that's because there's a reason, rather than just they've been lucky. right? And everybody, nobody wanted to lock horns with this guy. He was apparently confrontational. And Because it's 1994, right? They're moving the last of the B-52s off Fairchild. So there's a lot of leadership turnover. Okay. There's this feeling of like, it's the end of this mission for us. We're not going to do this thing that was so important anymore. There's all kinds of weird cultural things happening. Okay. Fundamentally, as I was looking into this, there were YouTube comments that were like, Oh, you know, you can't judge this guy. That was a technical error. It was this. And it's like, no, we absolutely can judge this oh, guy. Yeah. Because there are not a ton of situations where it was so amply evident yeah. that this guy was not safe to fly. But everybody was hoping they could get through the next 30 days without an accident. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's like... And, yeah. You can't... It- you can't come to the scene of a car crash where the driver has had 12 DUIs and they were, you know, they fatally crashed this one and say, well, we can't really judge.
0: It yeah, like, it's like, no, you you can you judge. Can. Yeah. It's it's pretty breathtaking. It's an interesting read. Okay. It's it's changed Air Force culture, evidently. Okay. It, it's used as, like, a training example. Yeah. Of here's why it's important to communicate to each other. Here is the, here's why it's important to be able to say to anybody, no matter what their rank is, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. That would be, especially in military culture, but you know, in police Mm -hmm. culture or even um, like, I don't know what you call fireman culture, but you know, that, that (laughs) inability to say that the person who outranks you as doing something incorrect, Mm -hmm. that sounds extremely difficult. I mean, I have a hard enough time doing it in my humanities civilian job, and we don't have this culture of, no, the person with more bars on their Mm -hmm. vest is the person that you listen to.
0: Yeah. There were a lot of other incidents where they're not quite aligned with this, right? Where this was a case where basically... No leadership stepped up enough to make it clear to everybody else that this guy's behavior was unacceptable. Yeah. But there's crew resource management, which which comes out of kind of a, a separate problem, which is the inability to assert yourself to a superior. Yeah. So the case study's interesting in that it's talking about, you know, what are the leaders seeing and doing around this, you know, each of these incidents, and what are people inferring. From these incidents, because some of the shit he would pull, you know, because it's at air shows, everybody is standing there watching this happen and seeing his supervisors see this happen. Yeah, totally. So how many times do you have to see that before you go, okay, apparently Bud gets to do that? Yeah, I guess he does. Yeah, so it ends on a pretty chilling note. And I'm not, I will mention this just because it's an interesting component. And it's not like taking people's words out of context. But the author of Darker Shades of Blue points out that although this was a fair amount of time in the past, there are still people flying who came up with Bud oh, wow! saw Bud when they were early in their Air Force careers. So he, as he puts it, the, the last domino of this may not have dropped yet. For because sure. we're not far enough away from that, that toxic reckless unrealistic culture right so there is a rumor pretty persistently that the last thing that was said on the b-52 which was called czar 52 was that um that guy about to retire saying you idiot you've killed us all or something like that okay this is no there there aren't black boxes on B52s. Oh, okay. They were recording this and they didn't have a radio channel open. If there is a transcript or anything, it's a recreation, it's actually, or, you know, you really did it this time, you've killed us all or something like that. Basically, some spin-off of you fool, you've killed us all from Hunt for Red October mm-hmm. is usually what you get. Yes. Um, but, you know, it's the kind of thing where if it's something you go through, like a lot of people had to experience that week, then the next time you're around somebody you know maybe you transfer to a different base you're gonna tell the story and then they're gonna remember that story and then right that said that was Fairchild's very very bad week right oh my god and yeah
1: that's a bad fucking week. <laughs> no good very bad week
0: no good very bad so let's talk about some ghost stories let's lighten this up for a minute all right so a couple hauntings let's see What's exasperating to me is they have this ghost called the goat man and I have not found one thing that explains why he's called the goat man. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, that'll piss you it's off. Unclear. You like your
1: origins to be well reasoned. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I thought he might, you know, I didn't have super high expectations for this. I thought maybe he'd look like a goat or sound like a goat or have a goat head or whatever.
1: Yeah, he ate cans.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, that's ostriches, stuff. Yeah,
1: you're right. Ostriches (laughs) eat cans, you know.
0: I know a lot about ostriches. You know so much. Uh, Okay. That's how long I can hold a grudge, folks, by the way. I can go longer. Nobody else um, knows what the fuck you're talking about, Captain no. Guinness. No, well, they, sh- they should fucking go back to the human ostrich episode. Yeah, you're right. All right. So let me read you some stories, because these are always intriguing and better than me trying to summarize them. So this is from 2009. I was stationed at Fairchild Air Force Base in Spokane, Washington. I was one of many security policemen assigned there. Anyway, we had a visitor. However, we attributed it to a lost soul. I know because I've seen it twice. I'd been on site for roughly three weeks, and I was working in the nuclear storage area on Bravo 4, a two-man patrol. So I don't know, given that was this far enough Back that they still had nukes we'll find out I yeah guess. because there are rumors that the nuclear stuff is still there yeah and they're just not being clear about it they just don't need the missile silos but it's still underground somewhere yeah anyway at about 1 30 a.m i could swear i saw someone running at our vehicle It was nothing out of the ordinary because we would have area exercises from time to time with a security team member playing the role of an enemy combatant. Jesus, no, that's yeah, no, no, no. That's why you always leave a note. You always leave a note. Yeah, I'm
1: not into it. I like my desk job. If someone's running at me, it's because I put out new candy
0: in the candy bowl. (laughs) I saw this and reported the event to my team leader, Sergeant Jim. Hey, Sergeant Jim. (laughs) so let's see jim believes him they all go look for him they can't find anything people start kidding him about it and say oh that's the base goat man many have seen it before you and he says he was there for two years okay this makes sense from june 85 through july 87 our visitor who was called the goat man was quite a ghost The nuclear storage area has several sensors outside the secure fence, just inside the 30 foot clear zone. On a few occasions, I was in the tower with the tower operator. The sensors started to activate in an entry pattern. When they do that, a camera activates and shows a black and white picture of the area. When the camera activated, we saw a black figure starting to climb the fence. My team member and I hauled ass from the tower and raced to the area. God. So,
1: yeah. I don't want to see any figures climbing any fences. Uh-uh. No. Nope.
0: Don't like it one bit. No. So he's basically explaining that there's this weapon storage area, WSA, they love their acronyms in the military. Yeah, they do. It's like a, a, a big patch of land. Okay. Essentially, with a conventional military storage area located right next to it. Okay. He says, as we got to the intrusion area, the tower operator immediately notified us that he received an exit activation in a direct line from the entry point, right straight across the entire weapon storage area. I saw the thing as it started to climb the fence. Mm. I swear it turned and looked right at us. No. Not just the camera, but right at us. And he says they had a running joke where the goat man, and this is kind of typoed. I don't know if he's saying that it knows who's seen it before or something, kind of like once you've seen it you will see it a lot okay the first time i saw it so this is jumbled and i apologize hey the first time you, i saw it
1: <laughs> you're getting you're getting ghost stories off of forums jumbling yeah. is going to happen
0: Yes, it is. The first time I saw it, it was raining and I was on a midnight shift. Jim and I were parked next to a nuke structure barn door. Our vehicle was parked as close to the door as we could be. My side, the passenger side, was just inches from the door, so I could not exit the vehicle. If you can imagine that. And to see this thing between two bunkers inside the weapon storage area running towards me, I was scared and I'm sure it showed. Because like I said, they activated every light in the area. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Yep, they searched the entire area. Grid pattern, two hours. Uh Apparently the goat man likes to run really fast at people, which I don't care for one
1: no, bit. No, no. If you are a ghost, don't you dare fucking, like, Sonic the Hedgehog up on me. You no. you float gently away from me.
0: Calm your tits. Calm your Calm tits. your ghost tits. Mm-mm. This is excessive. Don't sprint around. No,
1: don't sprint around. What are you- <laughs> guy in the fucking fire starter video you don't get to just run around these silos also
0: why is he why why is he doing it why does he run at cars why does he run in and out of the secure areas like goats would do yeah you know like a goat like a goat i'm I'm so puzzled they didn't call
1: him the antelope man they didn't call him the running man they called him the goat man
0: yeah, I guess he's he, just kind of
1: aggro. Because he does all things like a goat. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, coming up with nothing. Uh. Ugh, I just don't want to think about it. Because like I'm, I'm recording in the office, and because we had to turn the air conditioning off, my mother in law left all of the windows in the living room open, and it's getting dark out, mm-hmm. and so all these windows are open, and we've had a prowler around, and the goat man is gonna get me. And it's dark in here and I'm, I just don't, I don't like anything that's happening right now.
0: I'm sorry. Can I tell you another ghost story though? <laughs> yeah. So I've already peed, so we're fine. Okay. This is from a woman who posted on UFOsNW.com about her time at Fairchild, which she called the most haunted place she'd ever lived. They were in the old housing, and in that six months, her two children under five talked to a big teddy bear named Sinji in the basement. No, thank you. They would tell me that he was big and burnt, and he lived in our basement. <laughs> and he's na- no, Mm-mm. no. Mm-mm. She also had weird nightmares that I won't go into because they're kind of gory and gross. Okay. And after she moved, the nightmares went away, and <gasps> the kids never had an imaginary friend again. Yeah,
1: Sinji stayed in the basement.
0: Yeah. So there's also, you know, it's funny, she spells it S-I-N-J-I. And like, I, I it, when I say it out loud, I'm like, singed. singed. Like, it's, it's a pun. Yeah, but exactly. Okay. Phonetic, lady. He's burned. Yeah. He's singed. There's other stories that at the munition storage area, which I don't know if that's separate from conventional weapons or whatever. Yeah. There's a bunker with a building on top with concrete behind all the windows, like the building was filled in. Okay. According to this comment, it was used during the Manhattan Project <laughs> and has radiation signs around it that's probably... Not true, because of when the Manhattan Project was, relative to when Fairchild rolled out. Yeah. But God knows they had enough nukes around as it was. And he says, cops said, and I guess he's meaning security personnel, that a phone would ring on the flight line with no one on the other end. And they said it was from people stuck in the bunker when it was filled in. So there's a fine line between stupid and clever when it comes to ghost stories. (laughs) Yeah. And this is one that just really leaves a few too many gaps in the web that they wove with words. Where I'm like, sorry, yeah, they filled it in, yeah. They, so it, with the people in it, with concrete, yeah, and the windows, they filled in the windows, but the people didn't come out of the windows, no, or anything. It's like a
1: mafia hit. They didn't want to. They didn't want to fill in a foundation. They just the whole building,
0: yeah, and then put up nuclear radiation signs. Because okay, yep, I guess yeah. The people who were inside were. Irradiated. Yeah, they were uh, wasteland walkers or something. Must have I been. I just... I just... They all... I just don't know. They had a
1: collection of uranium glass in one of the offices, and it just got to be too much, and they had to fill it in with concrete.
0: Yeah. Bring
1: over the hose, just pretend it's Devon with a can of whipped cream, and just go mm-hmm. to town start spraying.
0: <sharp inhale> yeah, now... Why these folks still have access to the phone is unclear. <laughs> oh. I'm like, is it if you if you are a ghost? Yeah, are you just aware enough to use a phone line? I don't know. I mean, phones that ring with no one on the other side can be upsetting, but this is um, they had a warm up for the leap that they made with this. They phone
1: really thing. did. I think they stretched first. I don't. Yeah, I don't want them I'm, to have I'm pulled a-
0: something before they made that jump. I'm not feeling this one. I like the Firestarter Twisted Firestarter Goat Man exactly. sprinting around. Maybe he's just getting his cardio on. He's
1: just getting his. He, Maybe. <laughs> he's doing all the running and stretching before the leap happens.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. I know we alluded to the rule of 3s thing. Yes. And I won't say that there was a third follow-up incident that I would point to. Okay. But there is a third tragedy oh, that I wow. think contextualizes stuff, huh. which is it's on the exact spot where on September 5th sorry, September 5th, 1858 the Spokanes and the Palouse Confederation made their last stand against Colonel George Wright. Oh. So about 1,800 people from the Spokane and Palouse Confederation died. Yeah. I don't know where they ended up buried. I can't imagine it was handled very respectfully. No, bet not. There's a little memorial near Fairchild, but Mm -hmm. it's... That's some pretty heavy psychic damage right there. Yeah. And realistically, just in case it's the first episode people have ever listened to, I don't think that these things together have actually somehow changed a place and made it literally susceptible to ghosts. Yeah, But I do think there's only so much tragedy you can stack especially in a place that's dealing with such stressful stuff already yeah to go from a battle site to a weapons storage facility in the cold war yeah ready to retaliate that's earth that's just like a tense energy that's Bad. It it needs a garden there or something. Yeah,
1: right. Can we get a labyrinth there? I mean, it is a site literally of multiple massacres. I don't. Yeah, I, I whatever. I can be the woo woo one this time and say like that's some negative fucking heavy ass energy to stack up on itself and
0: it is, and it brings together too because of who tends to be in the military, right? It's a lot of young people, people who are away from yeah. home, people who are under a lot of pressure. So, I mean, it it makes sense to me that it would be a place where you would get a lot of hauntings. Yeah. yeah. Especially because, you know, there's not many other places that are patrolled around the clock and have security cameras. So, just statistically, they're going to see more ghosts. You're going to,
1: exactly, right? you got more people looking at more times of the day. Yep.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) this was one where I was like, okay, so there's nuclear... Missiles, there's silos, there's murder, there's mass shootings, there's crashes, there's a very zippy goat man, and also (laughs) Sinji, the basement bear. (laughs) This club has everything, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I... I don't have one overarching thing to tie it all together, but it was very fun yeah. to get both sort of historically, here's what actually happened, and then how that has like gone through the game of telephone to become that's a bunker from the Manhattan Project <laughs> and they filled it in with concrete while people were while in people there. While people were in it. there is
1: exactly, I just it's like the fucking town of Derry. You know, it's like a Stephen King yeah. town that got made up, and it's just like every bad, weird thing ever is there.
0: Yeah, you're like, do you guys have support groups? You- because you've all been through different, <laughs> the same different shit. Like, so many of yeah. you have really messed
1: up dreams involving women and yeah. lakes. <laughs>
0: It reminded me of Glover Mansion, where the horrific stuff that actually happened and the legends seem to have very little to do with each other. So
1: nothing to do with each other. And then you've got the Ghostbuster gals making portals to the other side in the shape of teepees.
0: Yep, and gritting things out with gems.
1: Hey, do not knock black tourmaline and quartz crystal.
0: I'm into it. I'm just not going to, like, leave it around, like, government facilities and stuff. Well,
1: that's how you get put on a list.
0: Yeah. I, I My security clearance is, <laughs> yeah. is what it is. I don't need to it's, make my life harder. Exactly. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, <laughs> you don't need some security guard coming. Like, miss, you dropped your rock. You're like, no, no, mm-hmm. I put that there on purpose.
0: Put that there. Sorry, I'll hide it better next time. Uh, yeah. This mysterious white thing I'm trying to tuck <laughs> into the... Air conditioning vent. Don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. Bounce in your fucking chakras, all of you. All of you.
1: All of you fools need a chakra realignment. I need a much bigger rock. Than so this. many rocks.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Does that matter in gems? Are you better off with a bigger one or more?
1: I mean, pro- pro- probably a bigger one because there's more space for the health molecules to resonate.
0: Right I- thing. Uh, and more surface area for them to to grab onto. Exa- yeah, there you go.
1: There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, somebody better go hit up Wonders of the World and take some crystals out to Fairchild because I think it's in need of a little uplifting and cleansing and balancing. Uh, Liz,
1: we could be the people that make those big crystal wand things that, you know, folks point at chemtrails. They're cloud bursters, and we could just point them at Fairchild from many angles. I promise it won't look like we're about ready to fire on a military base. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say, like, should we pl- paint it black? Yeah, just map for black.
1: It should probably have a trigger, you know, because that's symbolic mm. of of our intentions and releasing.
0: How does the crystal? So if I. If I pointed a crystal toward Fairchild, I'm just thinking this through because I'm a little loopy. Yeah, How does it know that's what I pointed it toward? Does it have a front?
1: Yeah, the pointy end.
0: What if they're just round?
1: Then it's not the kind of crystal you point. That's a palm stone. If it's round, it's a palm stone, and you hold it in your own hand or you wear it close to your body to, to help absorb the properties of that crystal yourself. If it's one that's like the terminated... Or it's been cut into a point. Those are the ones that you direct.
0: Okay, that checks out. Yeah, that checks out. Well, I'm. I, I have like no no leg to stand on yeah. here because remember how I had that green Venus of Willendorf that was like carved out of adventure yes. or something. I lost that so permanently after I had Lydia. It was never seen again. Yeah. Like it? I mean, it. That was a single-use totem. It was
1: apparently. the fertility <laughs> charm worked its magic, and it needed to roll away to spread yeah. fecundity to a new person.
0: Yeah, <laughs> unexpected fecundity. Yes, <laughs> like I'm just down here <laughs> fucking up <Nuva> rings <laughs> and it runs along on its little legs it does. like a Pillsbury Doughboys. Fairy oh, boy, is right.
1: Yeah. It looks like a fat little mandrake from Harry Potter. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Amazing. Ah, you're going to get knocked up next. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> Here. So that's my stories about Fairchild Air Force Base, which don't so much have a unifying theme except Fairchild Air Force Base. And I'm glad I finally got to do them. I'm
1: glad. Yeah. It was, yeah. was kind of like a tossed salad of weird.
0: There you go, a little composed tastiness here and there. Yeah, just just bizarre. Yeah. I remember
1: the Goatman stories, and honestly, your concrete stories are both tickling something in my brain from elementary school. I feel like these are stories that must have somehow come up in a ghost story book I had as you know like elementary school age. Mm. They really both feel like something that I've heard before and like I said they're pinging that part of my brain that makes me think of Franklin Elementary and Yeah. They sound like they've been rattling around for a while.
0: Well, I have a half-formed memory as well that I need to cross-reference. Were is Fairchild or is it Feltz the one that has the thing that like I don't know how to explain it other than it's kind of like a Zoltar, but it's like a 50s Howdy Doody puppet that experiences hypoxia. God. Do you remember this? No. It's like half... It's like a, a Zoltar. So it's okay. like, you know, from the waist up. And it's this little... It's this puppet mannequin uh-huh. that when you push the button... It shows, it's like a teaching aid or something, what happens when you're not getting enough oxygen. So like he has fingernails that turn blue, his eyes close, his head leans forward. Good. This sounds like a nightmare. God, I had, this but sounds, this existed. Yeah, this is no
1: wonder your child wanted a doll with real teeth
0: in it. What is wrong <laughs> with you? Fixating. Uh, Still the no-cavity club. It's saving me money. What the uh, hell? With her tooth totems. With her tooth totems.
1: What the fuck? I love the idea that this guy, you know, Zoltar chokes to death in front of you instead of a fortune it spits out. Don't forget. Yeah, uh, you know, put your goddamn mask on. Uh, put your mask on. Don't forget the ABCs
0: of CPR. Yeah, I'm gonna Google like 17 things after we get off this call, trying to figure out what the hell this possibly oh, was. No, and with my luck, it'll have been like they made one. Y- and, but I know right. I saw this like more than once on field trips, so now because it was like the only interactive thing in their dumb museum. So we just stand and push the button wow. and pass out and then he'd snap back up.
1: Wow. <sighs> you just had this that weird happened. boxed choking Charlie that you you killed over and over again as the tiny sociopathic kid you
0: are. I mean, there was a button, we're gonna push it. That's what she <laughs> said. <laughs> nice. All right, folks. So I'm going to give you all of our social media and contact information, and your one job is to use it to tell me if you went to Fairchild (laughs) or to Feltz and saw this weird death zoltar of uh, hypoxia or whatever this was. Uh, Bonus points if you can find a video. Uh, (laughs) So we're at weshaprots.com the ouija broads at gmail.com you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram mm-hmm. we're always uploading to Podbean, stitcher and other fine pod catchers so i recommend subscribing so that you don't have to take any extra steps this is like the opposite of all the stuff in your inbox that you should unsubscribe from, yeah because it's just like you know you appeared in four searches this week thanks linkedin cool i don't i don't know i don't care i don't know i don't care and this yeah. is all stuff you really need to know about fast ghosts <laughs> and where to <laughs> report ufos yes yes you can't afford to not be getting this information as soon as we make it available to you're you.
1: absolutely right i mean any delay could be too much of a delay you don't know that ghost runs real fucking fast
0: he's he's a fast one he really gets the let out yeah (laughs) really books it he's booking it (laughs) just booking it all right the booking it ghost of fairchild air force Base. (laughs) in the meantime as i always say thank you to all our patrons thank you to everyone for listening and i would like for you to live weird to die weird and stay weird. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. I got it in barely under an hour. Damn,
1: dude. You were running like goat, man.